0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the BuildWit Internal Podcast. I'm your host as always, Aaron Witt, and today we're going to try something new. Today we are going to recap our last trip this past week. I realized that, uh, you know, the travel for me is is so damn normal. I I, I do it so much. I, I'm just, I'm kind of... um. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's scarily normal at this point to do what we do. But I realize when I look at it through kind of a normal person's lens, that it's absolutely insane. And I also realize that most of you don't really get to see what we do day to day out in the fields. The field is a big piece of what we do. Now, all of you, I mean, most of the field used to be all of what we do. Now most of the work is actually done outside of the field However, the field is is really a big um, driver for our business, and, and, and it's really important. I'm going to be more deliberate about getting you out, out into the field as time goes on, um, but also it, it is very difficult. So instead of bringing you along on every single trip, which is totally unrealistic, I thought I might just hop on the internal podcast, try this out once. If you like it, great. So let me know if you like this because I'll keep doing it for our next trips, and and we have another one coming up this following week, but I am going to summarize our trips. This should be pretty quick, but I'm just going to basically tell the story about what we did this past week, what we saw, what we learned, who we met with, and what the key takeaways were. So with that said, here we go. This week, we got into a, a lot of different cool things. The first, it all started on Tuesday, so it was me Angel and Eric, we flew to Arizona on Tuesday. So I flew in a little early with Eric. We went to my mom's house to change out a battery in my Toyota that was dead. So we got that done. We went and had dinner with my father at the Henry, My uh, what my what my office was for, for two years, a restaurant in Phoenix on 44th Street in Camelback. So I got to see both my parents in Phoenix. We went to bed pretty early. I got up, I ran real early. And then all three of us packed up our bags and we drove uh, about an hour and a half east of Phoenix into basically the middle of nowhere, just outside of Globe, Arizona, to the Pinto Valley Mine. A few weeks ago, maybe six, eight weeks ago, a company called Mineware, which is an Australian technology company, reached out. And they said, so we have this new autonomous drilling uh, solution going on for the drills. And the autonomous drilling solution is out at Capstone. We've developed this entire uh, solution that we're going to start selling across the world at Capstone Mine in Arizona. And we need you to make a video about the platform so we can go sell it abroad. And you were recommended by Capstone. Capstone to do this project. And funny enough, I just told the story on my Instagram, you know, three years ago when I was visiting for Thanksgiving in 2017, I think I was working for HCSS at the time with Dan and Jack. I went to uh, Capstone outside of Capstone. I I found uh, on, on Google Earth, I found some forest roads that were just outside of the mine. I took my drone off and I flew right over the pit and photographed some of the shovels, which is... Mm, It's, it's legal. Um, but definitely a gray area, very much a gray area and corporate would have been very upset had they known this was going on. Fortunately, they don't know what the internet is. So I shared all these pictures on the internet. I was over the moon. It was the first time I'd ever photographed such big equipment operating. It was the, 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 the the pictures are absolutely nuts. I still have them to this day. Still some of the craziest drone photos uh, I've ever taken. So I shared them on the internet some guy starts messaging me and commenting like, who the hell are you? How the hell did you get these pictures? And I was like, oh God, what have I done? So I, I strike up the conversation with him online. His name is Joe Kalkis. He was the drilling and blasting supervisor, still is at Capstone. And um, I, I kind of tell him, you know, okay, so honestly, this is how I did it. I know it's not kosher. Um, but that said, I would love to take some kosher pictures. That would be really cool. So can you get me into the mine? Could you talk to corporate for me? Could you talk to the mine management? And he was like, yeah, no, I could I could do that. So he goes and talks to corporate. It takes months and months and months. But in May of oh, maybe, maybe April or May of 2018, just after I started BuildWit, he had me out to Capstone Mine. And that started my relationship with, with Joe and, and, Capstone. And, and from there, i visited the mine probably every six months to just take new photos. They have two, now three of the biggest loaders Caterpillar makes. So they're enormous loaders, real big shovels, big trucks. It's just an awesome operation. And the cool thing is Capstone only operates two mines. So they are kind of a mid level player. This is an enormous mine, but they're a mid level player in the mining world. So it's not all this corporate bullshit that you get at some of these other big time mines that are operated by BHP, Rio Tinto, Freeport. It's once you're in the mine, it's it's very low key. So they're very serious about safety. They're very serious about the operation, but it's not all this corporate bullshit at the same time. So it's, it's really enjoyable to be there. Cause you're not, you know, on edge like, Oh no, am I going to do something wrong while you're there? And, and all the people are great. It's, it's a really great operation. I think like top five copper producer in, in the United States as well. So it's a, it's a, like a, it's, a, it's no slouch. That's for sure. So, That led into a a corporate project with Capstone. We did a corporate Capstone uh, Pinto Valley overview video that turned out really, really well back in the day, probably a year ago now. Angel just killed it on that project. And so fast forward, a little backstory is required here. Fast forward to today. So, so MineWare goes to Capstone after developing this drilling solution over the past year and a half and says, we're going to hire an agency to come in and create a video about this platform that we've created so we can go market it. So they go tell that to Joe and Joe says, well, the only people you're going to do that with is a company called Buildwin, which is, which is awesome. I mean, I mean, that's how far these relationships can go. And we developed this relationship with Joe just, you know, I just want to see the mind. I just love seeing these big operations. They're unbelievable. And I hope all of you have an opportunity to see these big minds one day because the scale is mind boggling. So we, Mindware reaches out to us. They said, you know, we want you to do this. I, I give them a, I give them a quote and we have to work it out. We'll work it all out and figure out the schedule and talk with Joe. But the cool thing was, you know, they, they, oh, we need this planning and this and that. And I'm like, well, guys, you know, we, we've, we've been here. I've been inside of this drill before. I know the drilling and blasting guys. Like we, we know this operation very well. We know the mine, the, the mine manager. I mean, it's, this is like, we're your perfect folks for this kind of project. So they said, great, let's go do it. So we set everything up. We go fly in. We drive out to Capstone. And uh, so we get there and they have security. All these mines are, the security is kind of annoying in a lot of these mines. So we get there and they say, well, you know, sorry guys, you're gonna have to come back because we have this orientation video and training that you need to go through. And we do that on Mondays and Wednesdays at 11 a.m. And so I say, no. No, we're, we're not going to do that. We've been cleared by corporate. We've been cleared by Mike Wickersham. We've been cleared by everybody. We're not doing that. Uh, we're here now. And so we're going to get in. So w- you need to call, you know, who's ever in charge and we're going to get in. I, I don't take no for an answer. I don't, you know, these, these security folks, they're just doing their job, but life lesson, don't take no as an answer from people. If you get a no, just make it a yes. So it's not entitlement or anything like that. It's no, it's I I'm here to get, to get a job done. I know I'm supposed to be here, so I'm not going to let you tell me, no, I'm, I'm going to figure out how to get in. So it takes us a little bit. They give us a little bit of trouble, but they say, okay, you know, you can, you can watch this video instead, but you know, next time you have to do the training. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I will definitely do the training next time. I've been through this process. I think the past four or five times with them, it give me trouble every single time. I say, absolutely. I'll do your training next time. Whatever. So we, we get in, we watch the video. It's this 15-minute video on you know, what the emergency numbers are and, and just a few different things. So we, we meet with Joe. We meet with Curtis, uh, the guy from Mineware, and we go down into the mine. We go up to the, the lineup, which is uh, down in the pit the, the, at shift change. So I like to get there at shift change because that's really when you can see all the people outside the equipment and those are the best. That's the best time to photograph and, and create video content, in my opinion, because um, you can see the scale of these machines because you, you need something familiar to grasp the size of the, of the machines, a 994 K loader. It's absolutely enormous, but it doesn't look that big inside of a copper mine because it's such an enormous place, but you put a person next to it. Holy shit. That thing is enormous. So shift change, they they change shifts twice a day because they run, you know, 12 hours and 12 hours. So they run around the clock 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So shift change is at about six. Uh, So they, they park up the trucks at the bottom of the pit and and at the other places where they're mining. So we go down in the bottom of the pit. I heard they had this new loader, this new Caterpillar 994K, like I just uh, referenced. It's the first tier four 994K in North America. A beautiful, beautiful, beautiful machine. Absolutely extraordinary machine. So I say, I want to go down there first. And, and you got the sunrise coming up over the pit. It's just beautiful, soft lighting. People are getting in their trucks. So we get down there. They park up all their trucks. A lot of them, they park up loaded because it doesn't make sense to drive and unload the truck. They just park where they are. It's These big mines are all about efficiency. So the more ore they can get to the crusher per day, the more money they make, so there everything is thought out. So you get you, you see these trucks all parked up, fully loaded, which is very unusual, but that's just what they do because it doesn't make sense to drive it all the way out of the pit for forty five minutes to get to the crusher and then drive all the way back down not loaded. So we we get down there. Uh, all the operators are checking out their equipment. They do pre shift inspections, so they walk around the machines. They inspect the tires. They inspect the hydraulic lines. They inspect every little bit of the machine to make sure it's, it's, it's okay. And then they get the machines, fire them up and then they start going full bore right away. So there's no time wasted with these guys. And and we see the loader banging out trucks. I think in about four passes, this thing can load a, a 200 ton truck with copper ore. it's just a spectacular sight. Angel got some really, really cool drone footage, drone video. Um, I got a few drone photos. Hopefully we'll be able to share those with the team remarkable. So we, we, we go over there. I just had the time of my life. And then we go to the drill. So the drill was why we were there in big mining operations. It all starts with drilling. You can't out dig the drillers. You can't dig the material. It's because it's solid rock is what you're going after. That's what the ore is locked up inside of is solid rock. So you need to drill it, poke holes in it and blast it. There's a lot that goes into drilling and blasting. People think it's just throwing a stick of dynamite in a hole and, and, and having at it, you know, hitting the plunger like that with that, the Acme plunger, like like straight out of the, the Looney Tunes. It's not like that at all. It's, it's a big science project. It's very, very well thought out and very well designed. So there's this enormous, there's these enormous drills there and they're just drilling nonstop because they shoot almost every single day. They blast almost every single day because they move so much material. They need to blast and blast and blast and blast. So the drilling... There's good drilling and bad drilling. It all starts with the drilling. So you want the material to be as easy to dig as possible. It's called fragmentation. So you want to fragment the rock, blast the rock to a small enough size that you can dig it with these loaders and these shovels very quickly and load trucks very quickly And then you throw it into the crusher and the crusher smashes it down into small rocks. And then from there you send it to the mill, which pulverizes it into a dust essentially. And that's what they process and and pull the copper out of. So it all starts with the drilling. So when you drill out the pattern in the right way and you load it in the right way, you get that perfect fragmentation. It's arguably the most important aspect of the mining operation itself is drilling and blasting. So MineWare has developed a, a solution to these drills that automates the drilling process. So all the driller has to do is position the drill over the hole according to the GPS it, GPS screen so they can see exactly where the hole needs to be drilled. And then they hit a button and the damn thing just does everything else. So the the drill will auto level itself. It'll collar the hole, which means, you know, putting water into the hole. So it doesn't, the, the, the top five, 10 feet doesn't fall in on the hole as they're drilling it. And then it drills all the way down to around 45 feet where it needs to be, where the design is. And then as it's drilling, it maps the hardness of the rock. And going back to fragmentation, it's important to know how hard the rock is because that that's what the blasters use to know how much explosives they need to put into each hole. Because the hardness changes per hole. It's not all the same. Again, it's like a science project. So they've created a system over the past year and a half that automates this entire process. So all the driller has to do is press a button and the drill does everything else, everything else from there. It is so cool and so advanced. And my mind was blown. So that's what we did was we 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 shot the drill. We got a lot of footage of the drill drilling out its pattern. We went inside the cab and fil- filmed the operator and, you know, him doing his thing in there and, and tapping on the screen and explaining the screen and everything like that. We talked to Curtis who developed the system from Mineware, So we had him explain the entire system on the drill itself. And then we interviewed him away from the drill. And then we interviewed Joe, who's the drilling and blasting supervisor about the drill, about why it's so beneficial. It's really amazing. And so they're drilling these holes a lot cheaper than they were before and a lot more consistently than they were before. So everything across the board's better by automating this process. And eventually they'll be able to automate all the drills. So they won't even need a driller in, in the cab of the machine, which is where a lot of mining is going. Um, autonomous trucks are a big thing in mining right now. And, um, so, it's really, really exciting and it's really cool to have that opportunity to document that. So, we're going to go create um, Mineware. We're going to give the footage to Mineware. They wanted to edit it themselves. And I said, okay, you go do it yourself. We're probably going to create an edit on our own just because and show it to them. Say, hey, so this is what we did on more. They're going to go like, yeah, you know, big drill. Uh, autonomous setup, you know, better efficiency. They're going to go in that stupid manufacturer route. We're going to go in the more storytelling route and leverage the interviews and, and the, the actual words from Curtis and Joe and, and the the drill operator to tell the story of the, the platform and see which one kind of wins out. But that was Capstone. And then at the end of the day, we saw them blast. They were two smaller blasts and small to a big mine. I mean, they're still... Probably the largest blasts I've ever seen um, from a tonnage perspective. But we, we watched the blast from, uh, from the other side of the pit, and it is just quite the spectacle to see. So that was Capstone. So we wrap up at, at Pinto Valley Mine. We get back in the car at about noon. We started out there at about five. So we were out there for probably seven, eight hours. Um, and, and so, but, but we wrap up at about lunch. And then we drive out to, uh, we we had some spare time because the the next, their flight was out at like 6.30. That was, we tried to get an earlier flight, but the other early one was at 1 p.m. So we blew that one. So we said, well, we have a little bit extra time. So we drove to meet Randy Blunt at Blunt Contracting since we were driving right by their office. We saw all the new branding in the office. We talked to Randy for a little bit. We saw his new crane setup, up, which is un real how cool this thing is and is going to make them a serious competitor in in the foundations market. Um, talk to him about some of the new opportunities that are coming up. It looks like there's a lot of work coming up in Arizona for foundations. And then um, we saw all the, the new equipment that's getting painted. They're blunt gray with the new branding on it. It's just, it's so cool to see millions of dollars in brand new equipment with you know, our branding on it, you know, Chase did a fantastic job with that, that company, that brand. And now they're, they're putting it on absolutely everything. It's so, so cool to see. So saw blunt, went to the airport, hung out the airport for a while, had some underwhelming Mexican food at the airport. Thanks to coronavirus. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't understand some of these restaurants and, and some of the stupid things they've done because of the sake of coronavirus. Like everything was on plastic plates and and it's like, why can't we just use normal? I'm I, not I'm not a, a restaurant tour, so so maybe it's a it's above what what I can comprehend. But underwhelming Mexican food, we get on the plane. I think our flight was at 645. We fly into Chicago, O'Hare. We get in at about 12. so about midnight. Um, we get our our bags. We carry around two pelican cases with camera equipment nowadays. one, well, one for a big drone and one for camera equipment. And then we get our rental car and drive out to Michigan City, which is where Bulk equipment is based out of. So we get in at about 2 a.m. And then we had a 6 a.m. start time with Bulk at Burns Harbor, the Burns Harbor steel mill for Arcelor Middle. So we meet them at 6. We get, you know, two hours night sleep, which was fantastic. We meet Bulk at Burns Harbor, an enormous steel mill that's been there for a very long time, for over 50 years. They serve, they, they supply all the heavy equipment and mobile equipment to the plant. So the plant basically pays bulk a monthly sum to rent them all the all the equipment for the entire plant. And this is advantageous for the for the plant operator because they don't have to put up the capital to go buy all this equipment and then they don't have to maintain all the equipment. Bulk takes care of all of that. And it's all the liability for the equipment is really on bulk. So if the equipment breaks, it's bulk's problem. It's not the plant's problem. So bulk guarantees uptime. So if a loader breaks, for example, bulk has a spare loader sitting there that they can put back into service while they repair the broken one. So this customer never has to worry about broken equipment. It's a genius business model that I think is going to make bulk grow across the entire United States very quickly. So we we hung out at Burns Harbor. They have a, a little shop there. They have a bunch of equipment. We talked to their plant manager, Joe, um, who's followed me for a while. We talked to some of their technicians that went real well. From there, we went to Indiana Harbor, another Arcelor Middle plant where again, it's another steel mill. These steel mills are spectacular. They take the iron ore off the lake in barges from a lot of it's from the iron ore range in Northern Minnesota, primarily. And they take it and basically throw it into an enormous blast furnace, combine it with coke, which is uh, a pure form of carbon that comes out of coal, which we're going to some of the coal mines in, in West Virginia and Pennsylvania this coming week that provides that, that coal to create coke. So they throw the coke in there and they throw other mixtures in there from limestone to um, old steel. And what comes out is molten steel, that molten iron that they create, they make enormous steel blocks out of, and then they roll that into coils, which is like a, you know, about an inch thick plate that's rolled up, rolled up, rolled up. And all that steel primarily out of these mills goes to the automotive industry. Most cars are steel. So automotive industry or the U S military to build ships and tanks and Humvees and all kinds of cool stuff like that. So, we go to Indiana Harbor. We, we tour the, the, the plant. It is just a crazy, crazy place. It's been there for so long. So you have huge buildings the size of football fields. All, I mean, it looks like a World War II movie. Overgrown, pieces of this building completely missing and falling in on itself and all these pipes running everywhere. And it's just a crazy, crazy place. But it still produces a whole lot of steel. I mean, millions of tons of steel per year. So awesome, 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 awesome place. We go to, after that, we went to Bulk's main shop in Michigan City where they do rebuilds. So they rebuild their equipment, which means they take their loaders and dozers totally apart all the way down to the frame they refinish everything they they repaint everything they clean everything and then they reassemble the machine with new hoses and new wiring harnesses new fluids so essentially it's a brand new machine that they then put back into the mills and so it allows them to charge their customers less money while also extending the life of the current machines in their fleet it's very, very brilliant. And they're the only equipment rental business in the United States that does this. Caterpillar, the Caterpillar dealers are the only ones that really do this, um, rebuild things from scratch, whereas Bulk's figured out how to do it on their own. So they have all these rebuilds going on their shop. They have a full metal shop. They have a full truck shop, full enormous paint booth. They do some amazing things at their shop. And uh, we wrapped up the day by interviewing Abe and some of the other leaders of the company in the shop itself, which was super cool. Great idea. Whoever had that idea, it wasn't wasn't me. It might've been Angel or, or Abe or or Eric. I don't know whose it was, but we we interviewed them with a big ass 988 loader in the background. We have these new lights, new audio set up, um, Angel's recording on his red camera. I think they were the best interviews we've ever done, especially with Abe. He was so damn nervous about the interview. I think that was the best interview we'd ever done. So it was an awesome, awesome, awesome day. The cool thing about this video project too, is that we've been shooting with bulk for the past year. So we've filmed almost every single operation that they have equipment at and and a majority of their technicians. So this'll by far be the most complete video project, web project, photo project, marketing project we've done to date. And then the potential, the business, if we can get the marketing of this business, right? If we can tell their story, if we can really explain their value proposition, which is so brilliant to who needs to hear it. We're going to help this company blow up across the entire United States. And that's what Abe wants to do. He has big plans for this company. We have big plans for our company. If we can marry those two things together, we're going to go a really, really far, a really long ways together, which I'm extraordinarily excited about. So that was bulk day one, bulk day two. We drove to Chicago to a rail yard. So a few years ago, they started taking over these intermodal facilities Intermodal facilities where these these uh, the, the railroads you know CSX Norfolk Southern UP uh, BNSF is where they they pull their trains in to load and unload and to change out cars. So the container trains and you've probably all seen them with the double stacked shipping containers. The trains pick up the containers at the the port. You know a lot of times in in Seattle or in uh, san francisco or in the port of long beach in la so they pick up these containers at least that's on the west coast pick up the containers from the ships put them on trains the trains take them to these hubs these intermodal yards and then forklifts and cranes lift the containers off the trains and put them on trucks the trucks then take the containers to warehouses that whatever's in the containers is taken out stocked in the warehouses and then from there Everything's put back in the trucks, and the trucks drive to stores and everything like that to distribute the goods. So we are at the intermodal yard, and bulk maintains all the equipment at the intermodal yard. So the railroad owns the heavy equipment, which is the big forklifts um, that lift the containers off and the big cranes that lift the containers off. And uh, bulk maintains all of them. So they basically work uh, at the first yard we went to all night. To service each crane to make sure it runs nonstop while the railroad needs it, so they're they're not delaying any of these trains and any of these containers. So we got to go up inside the crane. We got to see this these huge cranes. It was a really really cool yard. So cool. The railroad is just spectacular. Uh, we went to another yard where we got to see them working on um, a big another big forklift reach stacker that that lifts the containers off, and then we finished the day with their field service department division. Uh, And so they have these guys in service trucks that, that work at specific places or go out and and visit customer sites to go repair equipment. And um, the advantage they have over a dealer is they don't specifically work on one brand. So if, if you have, you know, Caterpillar, you need to go call the cat guy, but most companies have a mixture mixed fleet. So they have Caterpillar, they have Hitachi, they have Komatsu, they have deer, they have a little bit of everything. So instead of making four phone calls to, you know, service four different pieces of equipment. They just need to call bulk and bulk will work on any one of them. So bulk has a resident technician at Lehigh Hansen's quarry just outside of this, the city, downtown Chicago. And so rock is, rock is a big part of building a city. It's, it's underneath every road, every sidewalk, it's underneath your house. You need aggregate. And, and in concrete, it's, it's the key ingredient, one of the key ingredients in concrete aggregate goes a really long way. So you need, to, you need to continue to create aggregate as a city grows. So there's all these quarries just outside of downtown, but the problem is the quarries are out of space. So they've gone as far as they can. They've gone as deep as they can in an open pit setting. So now they've started to go underground, which is just mind-boggling to think that the economics justify them going underground just to get rock out of the ground. So we went to Lehigh Hansen's, I forget what the federal quarry and we went underground, which was the first time I'd been in an underground mine. It is nuts. It is nuts. It's 500 feet underground. We had to get this brief safety training um, with kind of the boss man there. He explained the, the hazards of underground mining. We had to carry around these little oxygen packs in case there's smoke or something in the air uh, or there's a fire down, down in the, in the underground mine. And then we go down in the underground mine and we shoot, we shot an entire interview down in a freaking underground mine. How many companies are doing that? We interviewed a technician next to his truck next to a big drill in an underground mine. So, so cool. And so they're mining underground and they have a 70-year lifespan on this mine. And they're drilling and blasting down there. They're mining with loaders, mining with trucks. They throw it all in a crusher, which is all underground. So the equipment doesn't really leave underground. And then it all comes up in conveyor belts all the way out of the mine, all the way out of the pit and up to the the secondary processing plant where it's crushed and screened and loaded into dump trucks and distributed across the entire city. I just never seen anything like it. It was so spectacular, so, so cool. They take 10,000 tons of material out of this place per year. It's it's basically a 70-foot, they're going 70 feet deep. And then they, they, they do the underground mining by using it's kind of like a series of squares that they leave behind to hold the weight of the earth up and and to keep the weight of the earth up while they mine around these squares, these big ass columns that support the earth and they, they mine around them and then they just leave them. And then once that's exhausted, they go underneath that, you know, 30 feet underneath that and create a whole nother 70 foot room with more columns to support the earth. It's, it's such a crazy design, crazy concept I'm very happy we had that experience. So we wrap up with with Bulk. We get on planes and we go home. And so that was this week. I don't know how I just did summarizing this week, but that was it. It was a spectacular time. We probably interviewed at least 15 people with Bulk. Um, Capstone went great. So a lot of fun. Next week is Berg in Pennsylvania. And then we are doing... MCI group in West Virginia and Pennsylvania as well. So stay tuned for that. Again, if you enjoyed listening to me talk about what we did this week, let me know. If not, also let me know so I don't keep doing these and keep wasting everyone's time. But I thought I would give it a shot and see where we go. And with that, I'm going to take a drink of water and turn this damn thing off and get to work because that's all I do these days. So happy Saturday, or at least I'm recording this on a Saturday. Stay dirty out there, and I will see you on the next one.